In the summer of 2022, two podcasters reaching what they believed was the end of their journey through the Amityville film series, Journey to Texas, who will survive, and what will be happening in Amityville when they return. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast. I am Tom. I'm Pat. And we are here for one last trip to Texas. I mean, yeah, so far. Like, I mean, the movie came out this year, so it'd be kind of mean to be like, okay, but when's the next one? Right. But, yeah. man, this one came out this year. I didn't. I thought it came out last year, mm-hmm. like at the end or something. Yeah. This was made during the quarantine shutdowns, right? Yo, yo. Yep. I so. mean, it's got to. Let me pull it up here. It's yeah. had to have been. Yeah, I just it, don't know, like, where along the ways, whether it was, like, complete social distancing they were trying to shoot around or if they had gotten things relaxed enough, but filming, I guess we'll find filming out. Filming in May 20, May 2020, man. Oh, right so way. right in the heart of it, oh. yeah. Okay. Poor guys. Uh, but this one, this is a tw- came out in 2022. That's four years after the previous film, Leatherface 2017, which... Looking at my notes, now I remember. That was the the stupid misdirect movie. Right. That was the prequel where we're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're following the wrong one, guy for the wrong... Then, I mean, we follow all the characters, but yeah, yeah it was... There's the, the, there the one guy that was really clearly going to be Leatherface, and then it was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yoink. It's we actually not- have this character who is nothing at all in the shape, build, or demeanor of the Leatherface you know. Yeah. Because it's a prequel. He'll turn into it later. Mm-hmm. For reasons. And just- apparently his mental state and acuity will also change over the course of his very soon-to-happen life. I don't know. I mean, he did get shot. He, he did get shot in the face. He did. I just... It was not... It was fine. Yeah, we've already complained about that one enough. That's a good point. But, like, yeah, yeah, so this one, uh, in keeping with where movies are, uh, it was produced and is released exclusively streaming on Netflix. So we are here at the age of the streaming film. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, banking up or uh, uh, going off of that, I watched Prey this this past week, Mm -hmm. which is uh, original streaming to Hulu. And should have been theatrical. Yeah, that movie, that movie is legit the best Predator movie since Predator. Yeah. Possibly, maybe better than Predator. I need to watch There's a test both. of time. It's got oh, to yeah, stand yeah, up yeah. to. Oh, definitely, but, definitely. But yeah. this, the, it will still be in the running. <laughs> for like, it's just between those two. Like every, and I like most of the Predator movies. Like them all. Um, but this Alien was, versus Predator, not no, so much. No, but no, the five Predator no, movies, no, 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 I enjoy no. each of them, and I would not turn any given one off if no, it, yeah, no, but, the uh, man this Prey movie got it yeah, <laughs> it, it was, understood it it, all of it. it and he knew how to reference the original without mm-hmm. basically just lazily echoing the original yeah. it knew how to drop lines or visual homages yeah when they get like like when they find, when they get to the point where they say if it bleeds we can kill it it's completely earned and amazing right same with the spoiler alert for yeah. the line that they have in the trailer <laughs> Same with, uh, you know, little homages like the Predator rising up from mud, kind of like Dutch did in the first yeah, one. And yeah. just, there was, there were a lot of really nice touches. It's really good. Yeah. But like, oddly enough, but but because this came out this year, uh, the Texas movie, I haven't really seen much of anything.
thing. And most of the stuff that's like really being promoted hasn't come out yet. Like Halloween Ends is is coming out next month. Hellraiser is coming out next month. We're filming. We're recording this in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't haven't gotten around to men. That uh, was messed up. No, I want to see it. I just haven't it's, got. I haven't felt like blind buying it just yet. Like I don't want to. I don't enjoy going to the movies by myself anymore. Oh, all right. It's weird, and yeah. I don't usually have like a good rotation of people yeah. to go see movies. Um, Your Scream movie hasn't come out yet. There did it come out? Oh, Scream that came yeah. out in January or oh, February. Okay, my bad. No, uh, the new Scream I thought yeah. was great. Um, I. Honestly, three is the only scream I don't like really anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the new one I thought was very fun. Uh, some good ideas, some good commentaries, some interesting twists. Um, men is not for the squeamish. That's it what I heard. Is, but don't yeah. say anything else. Oh I no, that's it. it. That's it. Like, oh, and it's Alex Garland yeah. for anyone who cares. Um, I haven't seen X. I haven't seen Uma. I haven't well, seen the Black Phone. Haven't seen Black Phone X. I thought was great. Studio uh, sixty six. And the prequel to X is out the same year, and he's already yeah, that's, filming the that's kind of third just, in the trilogy. Kind of stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just like it's too much. Like having like two franchise, two installments of the movie in like one year, three, arguably, depending on how fast it gets the end of the trilogy done. Okay. But after seeing the first one and then hearing almost immediately that they're working on the prequel, I was up for it because no, it I'm, looks I'm, interesting. No, I'm I'm not saying it's not deserving of another of like more movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Have we learned nothing from Saw and Friday the 13th? You put them out a year apart. I feel like this is at least just... I think this is... The iron's hot. We've got, you know... We've got everyone's schedules open right here. Let's just knock these out while they're fresh in our minds. Fair. That was the approach for last year's uh, three Fear Street movies, which I haven't gotten around to. And uh, last year we had Candyman. Oh, and also this year, uh, I haven't gotten around to being bored enough to watch it yet, but... uh, uh, also, thanks to Netflix, it's Morbin time for everybody because Morbius is on Netflix, which technically is a horror movie. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I figured, like, I was like, I was hanging out with like friends uh, last week or uh, other people last week and this week, and I'm like, do we want to watch Morbius? So it's like, we're neither of us are gonna get drunk enough to watch Morbius tonight. So yeah. No. And it's definitely going to be a beer and pizza kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. But we had... See, like, the Halloween movies. Uh, It was like (laughs) Halloween Kills came out last year, and Halloween Ends comes out this year. They didn't try to do both of them the same year. They also had a pretty good head start. Saying your ex-movie is stupid. (laughs) Well, as somebody who has seen it, I disagree. (laughs) No, you're you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Excuse me. But also, there's not as many horror movies coming out. I mean, actually, there's not as many movies coming out in the last right. two yeah, years. Right, yeah, there's a general slowdown. Yeah. But horror is one of the things that's been picking up pretty consistently. Uh, horror TV shows, a lot of just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's also weird because it's like you look at the list of things that came out last year, and it feels like the movies that came out like three years ago because of the pandemic, time doesn't work anymore. Like Candyman only came out last year. Right. 
that it feels like it's been around for three years. Like not just because mm-hmm. the, we kept seeing the posters and the trailers forever, but because yeah. it's like, man, I've watched it a lot of times. Cause, yeah. Again, it's kind of. I've already seen Nope three times. That was this year. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to Nope. Ah. I, I enjoyed I, it, obviously. I, I felt. I will blind by Nope the minute yeah. it comes out because, yeah, Jordan Peele. But, like, Willy's Wonderland came out last year. Uh, I have Within. not watched Willy's Wonderland yet, but I saw Werewolves Within was wonderful. Yeah. Oh, the alliteration is kicking in. Indeed. Uh, Werewolves, yeah, Werewolves Within, I would say, is probably my favorite movie based on a video game. But Silent Hill. I love Silent Hill. And the second one's alright. But and that Sonic the Hedgehog movie. The first it's Sonic fun. the Hedgehog. It's fun. I but I'm just saying, like, we're actually mm-hmm. now at a point where good video game movies are being made ah. and Werewolves Within I just thought it was front to back funny. Fair. And conversely, normal video game movies are also being made because Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City came out last year. Right. I heard it was not great. Yeah, but then also they put out the Netflix series, which wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, also was not great. But we did have, like, there was a paranormal activity last year. There was a purge last year. And the return of... or. Can you call Spiral the return of Saw? Or yeah, just like it's within the continuity. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Then the return of Saw. Directed by Daryl N. Boozman. Oh, I didn't know he came back for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it was... Fair, kind of yeah, yeah. A next-gen sequel. And a Conjuring. Man, last year was, like, really good for sequels. They're, yeah. like, new further installments. It's filming something that's safe. Yeah, because we don't have the money or the mm-hmm. and people aren't coming for anything yeah. else. But Horror is about scaring the audience, not the executives. Ah, uh, whips. Yep. But, but now, yeah, but now we're down to this uh, this last, or heretofore last, Texas Chainsaw movie, which I haven't really read anything else about it. I, I, it's not another fucking prequel, is it? I don't believe so, but I don't know. It would be insane at this point to yeah. do, like, a third prequel. And, like, this would be the third prequel in a... Or, no, almost not in a row. In a row. Not in a row, because it was, like, you had the remake, then a prequel to the remake, then Texas Chainsaw 3D, and then another prequel. So If your franchise is almost half prequel... Right? Yeah. Well, it's not good. It's not great. Either way, but let's watch it. Let's see what happens. Maybe yeah. it's great. Yeah, we'll Maybe, see. Like I, I haven't heard anything, like anybody saying it's terrible. So. I just don't remember anybody saying anything. So which is weird because everybody has access to it because everybody has mm-hmm. Netflix. And I'm in several horror movie groups, and I know everyone was watching it, but it just didn't seem to pop up. I never really, like when Nope came out, plenty of discussion. True. And any given Rob Zombie trailer drops, there is probably a month of arguing. It doesn't look good at all. Oh, the monsters does not look good. And it doesn't sound good either. The sound in the first trailer sounded like in-camera audio. Yeah, I just... I I don't know what... I don't know what they're doing with that. Whereas, conversely, the... um, That Wednesday Adam show looks like it's worth a look. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look terrible. It looks mean-spirited. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. And it's not a prequel. Yeah. The fuck is with these prequels, man? 
It's like everybody keeps trying to talk, ask me, is like, are you excited about Andor? No, I'm not excited about another Star Wars in between or prequel starring the least interesting character from Rogue One. Mm hmm. And if Andor is not on Endor, what are we doing? Hey. Also, why are you going to do that to your franchises? That's just going to confuse the normies. Well, there was like some other thing in Star Wars where it was like the name was almost the same thing and it was confusing, but I forget now. Mm -hmm. I'll think of it by the time we get to the end of the Leatherface. Or the Texas Chainsaw. This is called... What is it? Is I think it's just called the Texas Chainsaw or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or is it the Texas Saw Leather? They're not really good at putting numbers in there. Which is stupid. Like, yeah, I, they just kind of keep reusing the same title, but just shades different. Well, it's like at this point, it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No article in front of it. Um, and it's like at this point, either make your peace with having the sequel number on the uh, right side of the title or just put in the year. If you want to just keep calling it the same name, you mm -hmm. have to also put the year there. Yeah, they don't want to like, confuse people that it takes place in this year oh, when it actually God comes sakes. out and that. Just terrible. They at least see it was a it was a badge of honor, a mark of pride. Look at how many times we've gotten people to come back to watch mm -hmm. this thing. We made twelve of these goddamn Friday the Thirteenth movies. They only numbered eight of them. Well, I mean, seven. Ten. Jason X. Yes, that it's does. Ten. It means ten, but it's not. Well, it doesn't saying it. Yeah, but X doesn't mean anything else well, in yeah. reference to the thing. I think they thought they were being clever. Yeah, they but are. They it's are Jason Ted. Well, I mean, not for nothing. Oh, dude, the Friday Thirteenth movies, uh, half of them have Roman numerals. Right. So that counts. I. I'm saying it's not the best example for either of our arguments. Um, just that franchises, they try, they really want to bury the fact that there's been this many of them. Yeah. It's been a long tradition of, we need to start calling it, oh, Freddy's dead. Don't put the number on there. New number, don't put the number on there. Um, Halloween H2O, Resurrection, uh, don't put the number on there. Wasn't well, like Halloween 6, like... Like six, 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 yeah. In some releases, but yeah. not all of them. I think, yeah. I think it was in the U.S. It was either theatrically just Halloween Six, The Curse of Michael Myers, or mm -hmm. in, on some of the marketing, just The Curse of Michael Myers dropping the number entirely. Ugh. Yeah. Wimps. Yeah. Anyway, so this is just. We can't even call it a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. The ninth. Uh, it's four, four, and then the remake, and then the prequel. So that's six. six Texas Chainsaw. Three D. Seven, and then the Leatherface prequel is eight. eight. So yeah, this is nine. Okay. Texas Chainsaw nine. You wimps. Ugly. This was pretty good. It was fun. Ooh, I, I thought think, this was pretty good. A lot of great set pieces, uh -huh. but absolutely idiotic characters. They were millennials. They, this was movie bad decision making on every turn. Oh, that's fair. Now I'm just curious, this is like better or worse than most of our normal God-fearing 80s teenagers? 
I feel like they were dumber. All right, all right, all right. But, well, we'll get there. So this is the, by my count, I, I tried to, like, chart this out. This is the third direct sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Because uh, we had, so it's the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes out in the 70s, and then you get number two in the 80s, and then maybe number three is a sequel to number two? But it 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 uh, it did contradict it a little. Does it contradict or is it just kind of iffy? I feel like they were doing some half steps around things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I have it as a question mark as that is a uh, yeah. as three as three is a sequel to two. Four is either a direct sequel to number one or it is just existing in its own little universe. Right. Wait, no, but it does reference number one. Right. Yeah. Okay, so this might be the fourth direct sequel. So, then there is the, the remake and the prequel to the remake. And then Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw 3D is a direct sequel to number one. Right. And then the Leatherface movie in 2017 is a prequel to both the original movie and, and, 3D. and 3D. And now we have Texas Chainsaw 20 to, uh, Massacre 2022, mm-hmm. which is the four, probably like if we're being t- like really honest, the fourth direct sequel. Yeah. To the first one. Out of nine movies, out four nine are direct movies. sequels, ignoring everything else. Three are prequels. I mean, has there ever like, like with with our Amityvilles, since they are all just being made by random uh, Joe Blow slobs. Uh, they of course, with a couple notable exceptions, don't have any sort of uh, intra-movie continuity, and so they're all just making their own thing. But they're all just making their own thing. They're literally acting independent of each other because there's yes. no oversight. This is like the fr- the ownership of the franchise keeps getting transferred, and then they'll they hold on to that first movie with the other than the Platinum Dunes, and then they just salt the earth and just like okay. We're going to start over. This is what really happened. This or is this is really how happened. it really turned out. Or, And that's um, obviously, as always, spoilers. We're going to talk about the whole movie. Whole movie. Um, this one is cashing in hard on the success of Halloween 2018. Oh, yeah. Um, Old Man Leather. Yeah, it's Old Man Leatherface. It's the same one in modern day as the one back then. Uh, but... Having hunted him for near 50 years is Sally. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, Sally, like, instead of, like, like Laurie Strode was our, you know, hermetic gun nut training all the the years for, like, the moment that may never come... Sally Hardesty has kind of sort of been doing it. She's We see her they, killing pigs. They're trying to get us to accept a shorthand of her doing it because they they visually reference both Laurie Strode from 2018 and a little bit of Terminator 2, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. But they're basically trying to say, oh, yeah, this is that character that survived, went through everything possible to be ready for if it ever happened again and but without giving us any of her actual journey so if you didn't know Terminator 2 or you didn't know Halloween 2018 yeah. and you just saw oh here's this old woman who barely managed to escape Leatherface by just kind of luck and the kindness of strangers mm-hmm. she is now this 70 year old woman who has 
I'm assuming, I think they're leaving us to assume, trained to be a badass, waiting yeah. for the day that he resurfaces, mm-hmm. even though he hasn't really been hiding that much because he's pretty easily found. Well, no, like, it seemed to be kind of like an open secret sort of thing. Like, uh, uh. Leather is, like, they kind of know where Leather is, but at the same time, if they don't provoke him, he doesn't do anything, and since he was wearing a mask, we, uh, we can't officially say who it was. This is the, uh, this is the logic we get from the guy running the, uh, the gas station now. Right. Uh, but he's the one who hears the report of shit going down and realizes this is Leatherface, and calls Sally to warn her that he's back, he's here. Yeah. But like 50 years, he's just been living in this house with this woman who ran it as an orphanage. Yes. But like, if we can just jump back to Sally yeah, yeah. Artisy for one second. It honestly, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, they're asking the audience to make a leap about her level of badassery, but at the same time, it doesn't take much, like, to establish it. Like, in Terminator 2 and the 2018 Halloween, I mean, we ha- we're missing all of the intervening years, but it just takes, like, a couple of scenes or just, like, a moment. Like, when you see Sarah Connor in the mental hospital with those fucking arms, it's just like, yeah. oh, she is ready to go for everything. Yeah. Uh, you see Laurie Strode, like, cleaning her, uh, like, main- cleaning her guns, maintaining her arsenal and practicing that's all you needed to do right Sally it's just it's just she's killing pigs yeah and now she's ready she lives on a farm she has a cowboy hat and she owns a shotgun this is not enough to tell me that she has become a badass over 50 years no there's nothing to imply any sort of journey any sort of what she went through in her life there's nothing earned there's literally nothing earned this is a character that before this movie we had been told she went insane she died in an insane asylum Asylum. She took her own life. Yeah. We've been given several ways. Or she she's was already... randomly on a gurney. Right. <laughs> in number four. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have given what happened to her in, well, this is now the eighth different directional, pretty much. Yeah. She's well, being no, played okay, minus by... Minus the prequels. So, minus yeah. the prequels. But she's being played by uh, Olwen Fury, a, uh, an Irish actress who was the older woman in Mandy and is also in the North Band. Okay. Which, gotcha. that made me happy. So but, it's, uh, but it's not even the original Sally actress, like... Well, she did die. Did she? I think Marilyn Burns passed oh, away. Okay. Uh, but... Continue. Yeah, I just think, like... Laurie Strode. Yeah, she died in 2014. Oh, gotcha. All right. Like, as if that's an excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For not coming But no, back. but, like, if you can't get her back, then it, yeah. remo- it removes even more of the weight of, oh, this is Sally's return, because mm. it's not Sally. It doesn't really have no. any real tie to the character. It could have been any given survivor from any one of these movies, or a survivor we never met in a movie. No, you're correct. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. It, it's... It's we, it, it would, okay, would we be saying all this if anything she had done against Leatherface worked? Yeah, I think, I'd like, oh, yeah. by, like, before we got, a, got to any real conflict, mm-hmm. it all felt very cheap to me. Yeah, it's like, we're, we're this is what we're doing. We saw this movie and, uh, we can but, do it too, which is, this, uh, is, like, this, this is, is what we're doing. Coming. This yeah. is what we've been doing the That's, whole time. This that is, this is like the history a, of this franchise. We're we're, we're gonna do like a. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna number it as if it's a sequel, but we're gonna act like it is a direct sequel to a movie that happened forty years ago mm-hmm. or fifty years ago. Yeah, one, Jesus. But um, that's all getting ahead of ourselves. Movie opens with a uh, unsolved mysteries esque 
uh, documentary about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was a borderline ham-handed way to incorporate footage from the original film. Yeah. Borderline. It's in this gas station, and which is is kind of like um, the, uh, the, the burger place in... Uh, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday where everybody's cashing in on serial killer mania mm-hmm. and uh, they have these great I, if I can if I if I go I'm gonna go online and find the shirt cause I'm gonna where it's it's like I Heart Texas but instead of the heart it's uh, the state of Texas and where you know the uh, the square part comes up at the top of the state of Texas it's a chainsaw mm-hmm and that's adorable. So it looks like Texas is giving you the finger with a chainsaw, kind of. It's, it works on so many different levels. Yeah. But we're introduced to our four young people. Well, we're introduced to, like, two of our young people. Two out of four young people are named at this point. We get uh, Melody and Dante are investing. They, they basically bought this, this ghost town in the middle of Texas called Harlow. Yeah, and their 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 plan is to get people to invest and buy part of it and develop it as you know a new town, a young people town. Yeah, it's uh, gentrification, hipster, something. They're gonna make this a Williamsburg out in the desert. Yeah, and there's no real explanation as to how they're gonna pull this off with what resources. But they have ba- they they do say they have a bank. They, there is a bank about. involved. That's fair. Yeah, but they don't really give any details on the bank, uh, including the bank is apparently so deeply involved. Nobody's sure whether they actually have the deed to the one house or not. Oh, it becomes um, it becomes a thing that's never really resolved or explained or I don't think entirely understood by the writers. No, no it was it, enough to it was enough to basically say, okay, this is where this conflict comes from. It does worked, it need to work? No. It, or it's gonna become a non issue soon enough. It works more than it doesn't, and at the end of the day, do we really want to get into real the nitty gritty of real estate law? Not unless it's crime noir. Fair enough. Yeah. If it's crime noir yeah. then it's about LA real estate oh, um, sure is. and water rights. So uh, the other two people on the trip are her name was Ruth. Oh, okay. I literally never got. Oh, they never. Oh, they never said her name. Uh, We would have noticed a under like a twenty five year old blonde woman named Ruth. Yeah. So she's Dante's girlfriend, and also there is uh, Lila, Melody's uh, sister, who is a survivor of a school shooting. Yep. And uh, so. They uh, immediately run afoul of this uh, redneck dude who drives up in his Ford, uh, in his big red Bronco. Mm -hmm. uh, He's got one of the coal burner, like, dual exhaust pipes up the top. Oh, God, yeah. So he's redneck asshole, and he's also, he carries a gun, Mm -hmm. but he carries a gun because of the feral pigs in the area. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's one of, do we trust him? Do we not trust him? But I liked that. I liked that. Come on. When they're incorporating tropes for the previous uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, this is a good thing. We have like our weirdo we meet on the road. Like, what is he to this? Because that's always that, that's like a good wild card to these movies. Yeah, it's a consistent wild card too. It's yeah. usually the same kind of character, just might mm-hmm. be good, might be bad. Yeah, 
And uh, so they uh, go down the road a bit and are stopped by the police. And uh, uh, the sheriff, Sheriff Naaman, is played by William Hope, uh, Lieutenant Gorman of Aliens fame, and Kyle of Hellraiser 2, uh, or Hellbound Hellraiser 2 fame. Mm -hmm. Our professional American, because uh, this was filmed in Bulgaria. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's how. That's why there were all those Confederate flags. Fair. <laughs> we didn't have to, but we thought we would have to bring. Them, yeah. But, uh, no, they just had them mm -hmm. there. Um, they uh, it turns like they stop them to because there's just a lot of a lot of traffic that they want to keep an eye on, and as near as we can tell, they're not assholes. No, they're just. Pictures? Cops in the middle of nowhere. That's, it's not much of a job. Well, yeah, and also like because it's like everything is so far away from everything else. It, this is like you want to be a bit more proactive and not getting in people's way, but knowing who is where and what right. they're doing. Oh, there is a car here today. <laughs> well, I guess if I don't do anything, I really work. Yeah, like, like I saw a car on the road in my eight-hour shift. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to to frame a reference, they're driving around in a uh, an old '80s van marked uh, sheriff's department, and this doubles as both like the one police car and the ambulance. So right. This is how far away from everything they're in, and Lila is the only one correctly saying, "This is stupid. Mm -hmm. This is not a great idea. We're seven hours from anything. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, this isn't a good investment. This is." Just, just everything. It's just yeah. a bad idea. But they do a good job of like setting up right in the beginning, like the uh, the under like underlying themes of like tech, uh, modern technology versus Texas, because you got like the the pickup truck that is belching black smoke out of the out of the, like the two furnaces in the back. Meanwhile. I didn't catch what the make of the car was, but it's got, like, not only does it have, like, all the bells and whistles, it has autopilot. Like, it is yeah. a self-driving car. Yeah. Which, you know, I kind of like just showing, like, like even having that car at that gas station, it just sort of, like, glowed as weird and out of place mm -hmm. where they are, which is just setting up nothing good will happen to these people. They are going to a place they should not be going. Yeah. Which... Is the best. Like it's not because of anything other than this. This some places you just shouldn't go. Right. Some places you should just leave alone. But like, I know it's counterintuitive. It's a place they shouldn't go. It's a ta it's a ghost town. It's a town that people shouldn't live in. Seven miles. Yeah, seven hours away from anything, except that there is this old woman who lives in the one house that was an orphanage where she gets all of her food and supplies and her oxygen tank that she drags it's, around for it's her own. It's gotta be the redneck guy, right? R Richter is uh, the redneck uh, we learn later. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be him because he's also, it's, it's fun, they get they get into uh, they get into a bit of a, an argument uh, Melody and Richter at the gas station and uh, that's where uh, he says the uh, the line that Pat Patches said, but um, when they get to the uh, the town, it's like okay, let's uh, meet up with our contractor who's helping us, uh, you know, uh, fix up all the facades and all the places. Mm -hmm. And it's him, of course, because dumb to luck. Because there's nobody else in this place. Yeah. There's like nobody would go here. There's no mm -hmm. other place. But he seems to be established in there. He too. seems to be established, but he knows about the old woman, mm -hmm. but he doesn't know about who else is living at the old woman's house, it seems. I feel like he did. I don't... Uh, 
Yeah. It's not made clear. It is definitely not given. Oh yeah, no, no. That is left yeah. uh, that is that is a plot thread that is not t- that is not so. Yeah. So they get to the town and uh, it is Man, it like I it looks almost like the same uh, Texas town that they filmed like some of the opening scenes of uh, Transformers: uh, Age of Extinction. Like I almost kind of want like when they go into the mo- the abandoned movie theater, I really wanted the Optimus Prime truck to be in the background, like it was in that mm-hmm. movie. But um, uh. They uh, are going around, or they spot a Confederate flag, and they want to get it, uh, get it down, take it down before the investors show up in like the big party bus. And uh, so they go into the house, and they're having trouble pulling it out because all the the uh, the uh, all the windows have uh, bars on them. This is the orphanage, and that's when Ginny shows up. Ginny, played by Alice Creege of uh, Star Trek uh, First Contact. She's the uh, the Borg Queen and um, she's for horror movie fans she's uh, the, uh, the, the the Reverend Mother or the Mother Superior in the Silent Hill film. Um, she was in that recent Gretel and Hansel movie mm, wow. uh, I think as the witch and um, she's in that old uh, 70s or 80s movie was it Ghost Story that thing that's got like Craig Wasson but it's also got like all those really uh, famous like old Hollywood stars in it huh. okay. I'll, I'll look it up you, you say what happened who did how does it go when they go they, they find themselves in Ginny's house uh, well she offers them sweet tea she does but she also insists that she still owns the house that she's paid off all the bills uh, she caught up with all of her paperwork six weeks ago she doesn't have at the ready a deed to produce to say mm. I own this place but apparently neither do the young folks because the bank didn't get them all the paperwork potentially there might have been some deeds left behind at the office we get that but more of that info later right but that's like the setup is basically I own this house no I own this house prove it no you prove it and so the cops you know get called well, she also she also tries to explain that the flag it's nothing personal it's mm. just that it was her granddaddy's and it reminds her of her granddaddy every time she sees it yeah. and, and of course is inherent racism and, and she hey but that was him she's always been okay with Negroes. Her literal line. That is her word. And that that was the straw that broke Dante's back. Dante is a, is a, is a black gentleman in the film. And um, he uh, he calls the cops because mm-hmm. the cops gave him the card. And bam, it was one of those weird... You know, like, the, the story is going to be even worse when, like, the cops help the black guy in Texas. It's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. But uh, they, but uh, the Jenny is on oxygen and starts having a heart attack right then and there. But this is not before you know. Once she started uh, yelling about owning the house, that uh, the unnamed big boy shows up. Mm-hmm. She never ref- gives him a name. She no. calls him baby a couple yeah. of times. But he had they they have this great intro shot where he's like they're arguing at the bottom of a staircase. He's at the top of the stairs and there's a stain round stain glass window right behind his head yeah. and it's it, like it looks like uh, like something out of a uh, like an old illuminated bible where yeah. it's just like leather face and they do a good job of not like just blacking out his face but subtly obscuring it 
mm-hmm. until he puts a mask on. Like yeah. you never get a good look at what at him. Yeah. As, one thing I will say about this movie, front to back, it's beautiful to look it's at. It's a good look. It is. Um, it's well composed, well lit, uh, well balanced, just creatively shot. It's it's a very very pretty movie. It is. So the cops in the uh, and that's where they say the, the like the the uh, Dante and Melody are like we need to get an ambulance and the sheriff says this is the ambulance. Mm-hmm. They load her up with a. I mean, what do you want to call him? You want to call him Jed or you want to call him? Is it Tom? No, they never call it's him Leatherface. It's, it's just, just Leatherface. we we were given no name. And, yeah, but what were the names again? It's Jed and what are the um. Like Bob is her nickname. Yeah. Um, Jed and the other ones. Jed and 3D. Thomas Hewitt. Okay. They do call him Tom, but it's never with the Sawyer name because that would be stupid. Right. Um, I I was like, I know they called him Tom at some point. But uh, so they drive off and the old woman dies. And uh, guess what that means? Beatings. Yep. <laughs> murders. And then you have one of the most inspired pieces of horror movie violence I've ever seen. Where is yeah. Uh, so in the back in the back of the tr- okay, so in the front of the truck are Sheriff William Hope and Ruth. Her name was Ruth. Yeah. This is stupid. Um, but in the back of the uh, the van slash ambulance slash police car are uh, Leatherface, the dying Ginny, and the other deputy, who also never really gets named, but eh, it's yeah. just other yeah. deputy. Mustache jep- deputy. And um, uh, he, uh, Leatherface immediately grabs the deputy's arm snaps his forearm in half like jagged as hell compound fracture just right through the skin bone sticking out and before the guy can even really react Leatherface starts stabbing him repeatedly with his own forearm bones yeah he never lets go he just reaches out grabs wrist pulls down snaps it so it basically hinges and then with the jagged bit out just immediately starts shoving it into his neck. Oh my so, like, god! Never lets go. Like it's just like smooth flow of event, you know, like a Jackie Chan type. Yeah. Maneuver. And then he takes the deputy's gun and shoots Bill Pope. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And then a horrible car accident. And then we just stay there for like a good ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. We cut. Kind of, we cut back to the Maybe town. Best, but like the yeah. It's not just immediately over there. Yeah, no. We cut back to the town, and the investors are showing up. And also, Lila is actually kind of bonding with Richter, the redneck. Yeah. Like, on shared, uh, man, the world sucks, and Mm -hmm. who gives a shit? She finds uh, his assault rifle, and is asking about it, like, is this loaded and whatnot. Um, Mentions she's been shot at. He notices the bullet hole. Uh, scar. Yeah, she's her, got a bullet, like yeah. like just by her collarbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've getting we've gotten a few flashbacks. I think at this point of yeah. her laying on the floor pretending to be dead, surrounded by all of her classmates. Mm-hmm. Um, to the to Richter's credit, he does. Well, one, he does not argue that it was a false flag operation and right. just uh, anything. It just says, man, that's how far this place is out in the middle of nowhere. You can't say. get Alex Jones out there. Uh, oh wow. Oh Jesus. Lawsuit. But um. But he does basically say, man, that sucks, and man, that's tough. Like, 
but in like a fellow guy sort of way, which right. I like. Not like pitying. It's like, man, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but then we cut back to the car accident, and Ruth, her name was Ruth, never said on screen. We would have noticed that. We would have noticed a girl I feel named like we Ruth. Would have, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, at one point, I thought the girl, the, the main girl's name was Shiloh, because this was they like they they would say a name like once or twice, and then it would just go on forever. But yeah. anyway, um, it's a pretty great sequence where like leather, uh, we're we're very much in Ruth's perspective, and she's like still in the front seat. She's seeing Leatherface in the rear view or the side view mirror, uh, and he's just puttering around with Jenny's dead body while Ruth is trying to quietly get somebody on the police radio. Mm. And it, like, they do a close-up of Leatherface like a second after I re- like I realized, I think you clicked onto it much quicker than I did, mm-hmm. that, uh, oh, he's peeling the face off because if he's, he's skinning, he's flaying off Jenny's face so that he can wear it. Yeah. And that kind of adds like a weird Avenger like uh, quality to it like he is trying to avenge her death and he's okay. wearing her face as his mask while he's doing it gotcha that's yeah, just, like it that. adds a weirder level like a, a more uh, uh, personal level to the le- to the mask than mm-hmm. they had in previous ones because usually it's just leather does not like his face and so he picks a face that he thinks is prettier right uh, and sometimes that gets uh, read into as uh, leather being trans which right. maybe maybe they are it's, it depends on the individual filmmaker most of the time because yeah but this like the the more specific, like the specific face like yeah. I'm wearing my surrogate mother's face while mm-hmm. I will kill all the people that killed her uh it's at this point that Bill Pope wakes up because somehow being shot in the neck did not kill him. Now, there's a lot of that. Um, what should have killed you? Eh, yeah. Sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. That's fair. Um, most of your peripheral characters, most of them, one or two hang on pretty hard. But, you know, they'll usually get taken right out. Mm-hmm. But if you know who they are, there's a good chance it's going to take a couple of tries and excessive violence to actually kill them. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's kind of like a trade Or you get one or the other, like, with good horror movies, where it's, if it's like a name, a character that's been established, you're either going to get an extravagant death or they're going to be able to fight back a little bit. Like, it's, right. like if they get taken out right, like, like in your Friday the 13th, all the main people... If they get taken out on the first try, it is usually really something. Yeah. Uh, or, it's a set piece. Or, you know, that's how you tell that they didn't get killed if it's, like, really quick. Right. And they move on. Yeah. Uh, it's the it's the saving Private Ryan rule. Yes, exactly. Yeah. However like, much dialogue you have is direct in proportion to how long your death will take in the movie eventually. Yeah. That's a brutal horror movie. But, um... Uh, but that, but like in keeping with this, Ruth gets Leatherface guts her quite slowly. Yeah. Like she's like by the time she's trying to get out. Oh, uh, when William Pope William Hope wakes up, Leatherface is on him immediately and just starts crushing his head with the with Jenny's oxygen tank. Yeah. 
oof. I was just like, God, I hope he's dead now. This mm-hmm. is this is not good. And so Ruth is trying to get out of the car when Leather comes back and he like takes a piece of broken glass and man, she is really struggling and trying to get out and you just feel so bad for her because he yeah. just very slowly starts impa- stabbing her and, and then, then just dragging it over. Yeah. Oof. And that's the end of her. And then we get that great shot of Leatherface walking through the the, de- the the field of dead sunflowers. He's walking to the road and like the sky is kind of being divided along the road. Uh, there's like a sunset happening where Leatherface is, but in the directions he's walking to is a brutal Texas thunderstorm. Yeah, it was a little reminiscent of the sandstorm from Fury Road. Yes. But yes, it's coming. Yeah. Oh, what a day. What a glorious day. <laughs> I still want to... Okay. I'm not going to say I, we could have been watching Fury Road instead of this because... Well, I enjoyed this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Fury Road's always going to be the better choice. Oh, Fury Road. Against anything. Just, just a, about... Just about anything. But, so, uh, we cut back and... Uh, Barbecues are happening, auctions are happening, everything is going well until uh, on the radio they hear that uh, the old woman died and Richter the redneck uh, steals both the the keys to the car and the keys to the bus and says, you produce the deed that says that you guys own the house uh, before I let you anybody leave because... Right. Yeah. Because you killed this woman, even though they didn't. They just called the cops because here's somebody trespassing on what they believe is their property. Yeah. And that was it. And also the cops believe, like, the cops thought the property was theirs as well. Like, the minute they, the cops show up and they see that it's Ginny, they say things along the lines of, how are you still here? We've been over this and everything. Right. So, uh, as Patrick said earlier... Dante can't find the specific deed for the orphanage. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the process wasn't at play uh, electronically or mm-hmm. in the permanent right. offices. Uh, yeah. right. Or it could have been a follow-up mortgage against the house. It could have been uh, any lien or whatever, yeah. But goddamn Melody is, like, totally on everybody's side. Like, Melody is like, we totally killed that woman. Yeah, we killed her. We owe it to her. We need to go in the van with her. Relax. Well, first, before she dies, they're like, we have to go with her to the hospital. We have to make sure this is taken care of. And this woman is okay. Like, no, you you, you don't. Like, the, the authority figures took her in the vehicle they have for this kind of thing not a proper ambulance but it's what they got like yeah. it's being taken care of like you already had 911 there faster than it, they, they showed up surprisingly quick yeah like considering they're in there's there's nowhere there's nothing here yeah so, so like it's you, you did all the things you were supposed to do and this woman who is on oxygen and not in great health. She's been running the orphanage for 50 years. So even if she started it at 20 years old, yeah. like she's 70 years old. Right. In Texas. And again, there's it's not in a thriving neighborhood where no. she's getting fresh groceries or anything like that. No. She's in a, both a literal and a food desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, with nothing nearby and her mobility, I don't understand how. 
Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But uh, so we get to like so, and also at the with the same radio broadcast, it goes to the uh, or it, it goes to the uh, the guy running the gas station who does bring Sally. This is where Sally Sally is introduced like on screen. Like they had shown archival footage of her, mm-hmm. but like now we see actual Sally Hardesty gutting pigs in her barn and now it's time yeah and like, she's got the polaroid that the hitchhiker burned in the first movie yeah that memento from the guy who tried who set them up to all die yeah. and did kill at least one of her friends and slash the hell out of her back as she was trying to escape that guy, uh, that guy. the picture he took she keeps as a memento um, well she had no other pictures of her friends Apparently not. Um, I mean, it's hard to hold on to mementos like that sometimes. Polaroids fade, and very often the picture you want to save was burned. Yeah. It's a bit of a continuity fuck-up. Mm-hmm. It's a, like much like... T- Leather was in an orphanage? Like, yeah. he was a full-grown man in that first movie. Like, yeah. why... Say the Sawyers abandoned... It, it doesn't make it. It it's, does it's not. Fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, so, uh, so that's happening. And uh, meanwhile... Uh, oh, yeah. So Melody is really hung up on them, find, like, checking... Uh, Dante can't find the deed, so Melody's like, well, let's check... The, the orphanage if there if there's a deed there well that'll prove that they owned it which kind of sort of no I mean yeah. it depends yeah. it, it gets into legal stuff um, again I don't think that the people writing out this legal storyline they could have refinanced the orphanage at yeah. some point and I, yeah I think that this was a plot thread that was put in there without any kind of research or concern. Yeah, they just could have had, like, they just could have had it, he has the deed, and, okay, she still died, and Leather's still going to kill them. Like, this whole angle with Melody was weird. Yeah. But so, Melody and Dante are, in the ha- are back in the orphanage, and um, Melody stumbles onto Leatherface in Ginny's room, putting on makeup onto her face, which is on his right. face. And, okay, it... The the face adhering to his face at the beginning makes sense because it's... Sticky. It's sticky, it's gooey, but I would have liked to have seen him do something to, like, really affix it as a mask because it's going to be raining later and he's running mm-hmm. around and sweating and it's just... It's weird. But, um... Uh... She goes... Like, uh... Melody's in the, ha- in the house and then Dante shows up? Yeah. And uh, he's looking for the deed. He's looking through his accordion folder, and I can't. Yeah. And he can't find it. So he thinks that the bank might not have given him all the deeds. Mm. But he's pretty sure it's around here somewhere. Uh, oh, there's Leatherface. Chop, 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 yeah. chop. Dead. They do find the deed, but yeah, we said that. Yeah, uh, uh, he does. Yeah, he finds the deed that says that she owns the house, which really only proves that at some point, yes, she did hold the deed yeah, to that house. But yeah, we'll see. Or we won't. No, we see. won't. It Never, it doesn't it's matter. Not so resolved. He gets uh, Leatherface uh, takes a big ass butcher knife to his to Dante's face, mm-hmm. like a cleaver style. Yeah, cleaver, you know. cleaver butcher knife, and just hacks away at his face and his neck, and that's the end of Dante. And so Melody is hiding underneath Jenny's uh, bed, and at this point, Richter hears something and comes over. Oh yeah, Leatherface starts. 
busting through the wall in Jenny's uh, Jenny's room because, well, astute viewers will assume correctly that, well, this is where the chainsaw is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the this door- is where this item in this game is hidden because mm-hmm. um, I made a lot of jokes through the course of the movie of, would you like to pick up keys? <laughs> would you like to pick up shotgun? Yeah. It, was, it was kind of... A point-and-click game. But violent. Yeah. So, So like, Phantasmagoria, maybe. Okay. Uh, Richter shows up, and Melody tries to uh, signal him so that he knows that Leatherface is out and about. Uh, It almost works. Yeah. She she toes the, like, a full-length mirror to tilt just enough so that he can see that Leatherface is hiding behind the door that he's just walked in. Yeah, and he's got his gun he's got his gun raised. Leather takes the hammer to the gun. Uh, and then we get a big fight and oh my god. So Leather he just stomps on this guy's leg. Oh, it's the hammer to the leg. Oh, it's the hammer to the leg. Okay, yeah. my bad, my bad. Uh, he, he takes the hammer to the leg and bends, basically he bends this guy's leg backwards. Yeah. It's, at, at the knee. Like, famously, mm. you didn't really see the hobbling in misery. You just faint, mm. like solved it in your mind. This is full on mm. on screen, and it's... Mm. And so, more fight, but Richter stays erect and, like, see, uh, like keeps uh, fighting, fighting. Uh, Leatherface manages to shove his fa- his head into uh, some broken glass yeah, from well, the window. Richter smashes Leatherface into one of the windows, yeah. but the bars stop him from throwing him through it, so we oh. don't get the defenestration we get in all these. Yeah. Um, at which point, Leatherface looks over, sees a giant triangle shard, and... Just swings him over and makes him a very redneck. Yeah. Uh, but as uh, Richter is uh, trying to get the keys to Melody in his last moments of life, Leather decides that if a job's worth doing, it's job do- worth doing right. And hammers his head and with the ha- he hits the head with the hammer until it is goo. Yeah. Pulps him. It's really something. Yeah. Ugh. The movie doesn't hold back. No, it does not. It's uh, strong violence and gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he leaves the keys, uh, which she does wind up snagging, mm-hmm. uh, makes a break for it. Well, this is... Okay, right, so... Oh, sorry, yeah. So first he has to get... He finds the chainsaw and has to get the chainsaw back in a fighting, tri- fighting shape. Uh, it's at that point that she's trying to make a break for it and is immediately spotted on the stairs. And it's just kind of fun. It's just like, duh, I knew you were there. Um, and uh, he pelts, he, he just pelts the hammer right at her stomach. And she goes down the flight of stairs through the wood floors and mm-hmm. is in the crawl space with the wood floors above her. And this was like a really good cat and mouse bit with the chainsaw yeah. because it's wood. It's, yeah. uh, just, it's wood. She is under there. She's got to crawl. Like it was a fun sequence. It was a creative horror movie sequence. Well, yeah, because like the whole time she's crawling around underneath. Uh, most of the shots you don't see Leatherface. You just it's from her perspective underneath, uh, uh, like in the, in the crawl space, and you just see the blade of the chainsaw coming down, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, the Jaws's fin, like right. coming through the water at you, and it's it's very effective. But at this point, Lila has come back, or has come back to the picture. Okay, so yeah, 
No, that's what it was. Okay. So, inexplicably, Dante was still alive. Mm Mm-hmm. Dante wanders yeah. out and Richter sees Dante and that's what makes him go to the house. The right. Are finished. Yeah. Now you might be thinking it's irresponsible of us to misrepresent it like that, but we're just doing what the movie did. Yeah. Like yeah. he was laying in a giant pool of his own blood yeah. gushing immediately out. And then when he, well, like, he wanders out and like Richter like gets a hold of him and like let, like gets him down on the ground and you see what's actually been done to him his jaw is like barely hanging onto his yeah. body like his whole face has been cut open and mm-hmm. most of his neck and his chest and it's like how yeah it doesn't he, make any sense and he only lives in this sequence long enough to be spotted by Richter and the, the banker lady the banker lady um because everyone's, uh, it started raining. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storm did arrive. Yeah. Everybody got on the bus. Yeah. Uh, but she gets, like, when Lily got off the bus, or Lila, sorry, when Lila got off the bus, Bank Lady kind of sort of half followed to see what was going on. No, 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 no. It's um, Lila, uh, Bank Lady sees Dante staggering right. at the same time. She meets up with Richter and Dante. She goes back uh, She goes back to the bus and uh, locks the door, or closes the door at least, yeah. and tells Lila that nobody should leave. Right. Uh, after a while, after all the other stuff that we've been talking about, Lila just says, this is stupid. And, and leaves. And, and leaves and wanders off to the orphanage where she manages to uh, do a last minute uh, pull the bars out of the window to get Melody out of there. Yeah. She happens to wander up to the exact right window that Melody she just crawled towards. She was screaming. She was screaming. But there were multiple windows. But yeah. she found the right one. Because um, <laughs> Melody crawls oh, a beeline right, 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 right. <laughs> straight for this one window um, right, having never right. seen Prometheus yeah. where the tower is coming straight down and if you run left or right you'll live which I still argue when Prometheus was thematic for the character based on decisions and conversations she had had earlier that she can only do linear thinking she cannot think outside of the path she's on which one the, in Prometheus uh, no. Charlie Theron's character oh, okay yeah fair enough that, yeah that she is yeah. basically yeah. <laughs> but this character it's just it's just the dumb chase well there's no Real option. She's in this enclosed. She could roll office. to the left, roll to the right. She, well, there, okay, yeah, yeah, She yeah. had at least for like um, a second, but then you know yeah. he's moving over. But uh, right as uh, Lila is trying to get the window open, the 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 chainsaw is cuts through not only the floor but the main sewage pipe and covers blip, Melody blip, and blip blip blip. And then for some reason, Patrick was not. Falling on the floor, laughing at my joke that we should now call her Smellady. Smellady, because she smells from the poop. You have to understand how many garbage pail kids cards I had growing up. Yeah. That like uh, rhyming insult sure. names. I seen them all, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So the sisters. Oh, and Melody. We we said that Melody and Lila are sisters, right? Not as much as the movie. Yeah, they are sisters, though, so we uh, continue the siblings uh, Mm -hmm. vibe, or trope, rather. Uh, They get back to the bus, 
and uh, they're starting it up. Where they actually get the bus moving and everything, but then Leatherface chainsaws the tires apart because yeah. he's got a chainsaw. We're never told that. It's just the bus starts making noises, and we hear the we hear it kind of dragging and slow down. Yeah, they never show. Wow, they couldn't afford to fuck up the bus tires. I'm guessing. Wow. Um, we never get a clear view of the bus tires messed up from the outside or anything. No. We just know that it's. we see it driving away, and it's then weird. it's stopped and he gets on. Yeah. And then we get the best mass murder scene since Freddy vs. Jason's uh, cornfield rave sequence. It yes. is. Like, effort, like it's great. The uh, the bus is being it, it, it kind of has like a privacy curtain like it's kind of like a first class curtain where everybody the investors are all partying, uh, like Lila and Melody go through and are just freaking out and trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Leatherface go um, finally makes his way back there, and everybody immediately starts just pulls out their phone and starts tweeting and Insta live streaming yeah. what what's going on, and then Leatherface just starts eviscerating all of them. Yeah, just cutting wholesale through them. Yeah, I, I will say it was a moderately like ill advised, you know, making fun of. Uh, woke culture because uh, the main guys is like dude we are totally canceling you and he's the first one to go and it's like come on let's not do that (laughs) this movie the way it talks about millennials and hipsters and you know gentrifying gentrifucks you know and how uh, I mean arguably that you know school shooting victims should just you know Mm -hmm. man up yeah um there's a lot of it's questionable yeah not there's old man yelling at cloud vibes yeah this movie it's like I I guess it's I'm not feeling as knee jerk offended by the whole thing but again I'm a spoiled white man in America right Uh, but 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 it's probably worse for people that have been affected directly by these sorts of things and so it's like it's like even as a spoiled white man in America it's like this is probably not good the the, the statement you're trying to make with this yeah you're, you're punching down right now yeah but then murders like Man, oh no, no, no the, kills are, the kills are absolutely creative. Like, though the movie, you know, though there's some mean spirited vibes to the yeah. whole thing, that carries over into some absolutely elaborate or juicy or just it's well composed kills. Yeah, it's like uh, take your pick. Like this is like the inheritor of like the Freddy versus Jason massacre. A lot of the uh, like the whole Grand Guignol at the end of Dead Alive. Of yeah. just like we're just finding new and horrible ways because they're trapped in a you know a Greyhound bus sized bus <laughs> and this guy has a chainsaw. Well, it's, it's more of a party bus. Uh, well, yeah, but like, they have the like, size of it. I just wanted to point out they have. Like a full bar in there, yeah. and they have uh, neon tubes all along mm-hmm. the inside, so mm-hmm. that it looks very ravey. I wonder if they did see Freddy versus Jason when they were thinking of this. Eh, probably. Um, but so everybody dies in extravagant ways, except for the two sisters, because obviously, um, they yeah. nobody like the, nobody like only the banker later really tries to get out of the window or any sort of like yeah. emergency exit and she, she gets, gets taken immediately in half she gets chopped in half beautifully uh, but the two sisters get out and uh, this is when Sally Hardesty shows up to the rescue it was really this and 
this is where things get worse. Or this is where things start to get bad for me. The, I, I was really on board with everything up until this point. I was having fun, and I'm definitely retroactively seeing problems ahead. Uh, you, I, I, I remember you enjoying it more while we were watching. Yeah, but once it started to unravel, <laughs> it really started. Yeah, fair. So Sally collects the girls and says and they correctly just like let's just go mm-hmm. let's go so any place else on the planet earth and she's like no we gotta finish this or I, he yeah if we don't finish this he will haunt you for the rest of your life well ma'am you had 50 years to do pretty much whatever you wanted he was years. not there yeah. Um, you couldn't find him. You could have found additional hobbies or therapy or both. Any or... number of things. Any number of things. But yeah. you didn't. It's, it's kind of on you to have not sought any sort of closure besides waiting for this 70-some-year-old beast to hopefully surface again yeah. somewhere nearby that you're going to be able to be on call for. Kind of sus. It's, this is not Laurie Strode knowing no. what prison Michael is in yeah. and keeping tabs on him and like regularly petitioning to keep him locked up. Like she has been doing the homework the entire time. Yeah. And Sarah Connor is in the mental hospital because she has been actively trying to blow up every Cyberdyne systems. Oh yeah, so, she has been doing okay. acts of terrorism all over the place and you know, kind of effectively. Yeah, you know, depends on where you get off of the Terminator train. Uh, I don't understand why anybody stays on after two. Fanfic. Everything after two is fanfic. Yeah. And I mean that with the novels, with the comics. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, there's plenty of Terminator lore out there. Um, no. But anyway. It can be fun. So, uh, Sally leaves them in the car and goes to the orphanage because she sees that Leatherface has turned the lights on. And uh, Leatherface is just sitting in his room contemplating his life choices. Sally has a shotgun and proceeds to not shoot him for five minutes. Yeah. Like she keeps demand, like she she rattles off the names of the other kids in the van from the original movie, and she keeps like, "Do you you remember me? Say my say their names. Say who I am. And, say what you did, and everything." It's like, and Leatherface just looks at her like, "What do you? You don't think? even look like the same actress." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. Uh, and then he just wanders away. Like he doesn't he, like he oh he hears the 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 younger girl screaming and just quietly walks towards that and uh, Sally ends up like running out of the the orphanage is like okay now that you're trying to kill other people I can kill you which is dumb really fucking stupid and um, Leatherface kills the shit out of her like uh, chainsaw through her yeah, the thorax. lifts her up over her over his head it's spectacular and then swings the chainsaw hard enough that it launches her about 30 feet across the street into a pile of garbage yeah it's amazing and so ends finally and definitively the Sally story not counting when she died in a mental hospital, not counting when she survived in a mental hospital, no. not counting when she killed herself years later, not no. counting when she... we have finally been given the definitive, absolute, sure, okay. Yeah. And then so the girls get into the front seat and proceed to try to run over Leatherface. 
except we have a new development for the first time in all the all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Sassy Leatherface. Yeah. He like just kind of he he just kind of stands in the road like yeah mm-hmm. like he just like he gives gestures. one of those uh, I mean it's like an audio but bobs. yeah like one of those oh uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. what you got yeah and as once they get close enough he whips the chainsaw right at the the windshield mm-hmm. and ducks out of the way they end up crashing uh, and I think it's okay so they crash into Richter's uh, auto shop. Uh, Melody is uh, her leg is st- impaled by something in the car. Yeah, there's just a pole going through her leg into the mm-hmm. seat. They can't move it. It's fine. So she gives a speech of "You have to go on. You should have. Sur- you were meant to survive the school shooting. You're meant to survive this. Run now. I am to die here today. You've got this." Get away. I kind of, okay, like, yes, all, to all that, but I kind of liked the dialogue she had a little bit better. Like, I liked the the the, uh, the fatalism in which she said, look, like, once they realize that they can't, they can't get her out of the seat, the fatalism of, like, he is going to kill me now. You need to run away. Mm-hmm. I, I, there I is literally no it. possible way for me to escape this, but it's stupid for you to sit there and watch. Exactly. And which I, I, I kind of liked it. It's that if I was stuck and my brother was able to get away I would immediately you know start bear hugging him because if I'm dying he's dying with me that's just the way it is <laughs> no it's like it was like it's not really like overwrought or like self-sacrificial it's just like hey get Rock away to. just get away so yeah. we can so one of us can live um and uh so Lila runs away and uh as uh Leatherface is approaching Melody, and Melody is really pouring her heart out, apologizing about the death of the uh, the woman, Jenny, the woman running the orphanage. Uh, Lila shows back up with the AK, mm-hmm. and doesn't know how to work it. Yeah, well, she, she, yeah, she had tried to pull the trigger earlier, uh, give it a chance to test it with Richter, um, but pulled the trigger and it didn't do anything. Well, so, he had unloaded it. I think she loaded it back up, but didn't know about the safety catch or something. Literally, or something. it's just she pulls the trigger. It may not have been like she may have put the magazine in, but not actually loaded it. Something we don't. It clicks. It, it just, she goes to pull the trigger, it clicks, it doesn't function, we're never given any reason, except, um, dumb city girl that can't use a gun. Uh, yeah. That's kind of like the point they're trying to get across. It a little bit. There's no reason for it not to work that we're given. That's it's fair. It's just, she doesn't like guns at the beginning, so now that she has to use one, well, guns don't like you either. Yeah. They did shoot her. But, so, she ends up running away, and, uh, she's holding on to the gun to just block the chainsaw and everything, and she ends up on the ground, and as Leatherface is about to, uh, deliver the coup de gras, uh, he gets shot at by... <gasps> Sally and her shotgun. You know, now that you point out that it's like it keeps happening that people end up not being dead. Like, like hard dead, yeah, not dead. Yeah. The, between like the sheriff, is starts with the sheriff, then Dante, then Sally, and, you know, then then Melody later. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but so uh, Leatherface runs away into the movie theater for the final the final showdown Sally uh, Lila walks over to Sally and uh, Sally gives like loads up the shotgun with her, her remaining shells and is like go for this 
Yeah. And then she dies. But for reals this time. As far as we know. As far as... Dude, for... Yeah, seriously. As far as we know. Um... So Lila goes into the movie theater with the shotgun, and uh, she hears the chainsaw revving in the background. So she's trying to find it, and then once she uh, f- she f- once she finds the chainsaw, she leaps and uh, goes to shoot. But it's actually just the chainsaw on the floor and a standee because she has been outsmarted by Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Clever, clever Leatherface, known for his traps and wily demeanor. It's just sad. It's so sad. And that was when we started debating who, like, of, like, the big three silent masked guys. Uh, Leatherface is actually not the dumbest. Jason is probably the the dumbest one. Uh, Michael does know how to drive a car. And and again, I would say Michael does all of his creative art projects. Like, Michael, there's stuff going on. He knows how things work. He's not dumb. He's just... Not entirely human. Yes. Why Why I'm going to give Leatherface the title of the smartest of the three, though, he has a trait. He knows... He actually does know how to be That's a butcher. Fair. He That's has fair. a trade, and yeah. he was employed in it at various in various iterations of the series. So, yeah. Leatherface... <laughs> It's the smartest of the ranking. It's increasing order of intelligence. It's Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. Yeah, but we're still going to say Freddy's smarter than all three. Well, no, no. I'm just counting the masked masked non-speaking slashers. Gotcha. I'm just saying, like... Well, yeah. Just just overall. smarter than all of them. I think Chucky's the smartest. I would say Chucky's smarter than Pinhead. I need to see this TV show. But, you, but in general, Chucky has grand designs, large-scale plans. Pinhead shows up when he is summoned and is like a judge. He's he's the morality of the situation, but he doesn't necessarily plot or scheme. Oh, he tricks people all the time. Eh. Yes, I just, I, I lean towards Chucky is the more deviously, maliciously intelligent of the bundle. I, I, I'm not saying there's not an argument. I'm just saying I'm and not And it's con- one we'll have. I'm not convinced yet. Uh, uh, yeah, well, so, as uh, Lila... <laughs> okay, so, Lila, Leatherface tricks Lila... Uh, they get into a scuffle and end up in this pool of water in the middle of the movie theater. There's like the sunken part of the floor in the movie theater, and it, there's exposed holes in the roof. Yeah. And so there's a there's pool of water. The floor of a movie theater has about a five foot deep, like hot tub sized yeah. puddle. For reasons. Um, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reasons are the plot needed it. The plot needed yeah. it. Yeah. So the two of them fall in uh, with Leatherface, you know, solidly having her in his grip. They yeah. go under. Now, to keep in mind, uh, Leatherface is conservatively just under seven feet tall, if yeah. not seven feet tall. He is four feet wide, 300 pounds, three, like more like 350. Uh, it's a slab of a human. He's a slab of a human being. Lila is a, like an Ellen or Elliot Page diminutive, uh, small, wavish mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. Or when when Elliot but, was Ellen but Page. It uh, is not a large nor uh, imposing person. No. Um, Somehow, 
Lila ends up at the yeah. water first. We just, they go under the water, and then a minute or so later, how? We don't know. Um, to quote Annie Wilkes, he didn't get out of the cockadoody car. Hmm. You can't just have them go underwater. There's the threat, the challenge, the fight. The big showdown is just happening right off screen. Um, but don't worry. Uh, okay, she's fine. She's fine. You're good. You're good. It's fine. Like, that is... That's terrible tension. It's 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 dumb. It's tension that doesn't pay off. Yeah, I'm left blue balled. Yeah. So she's crawling out of the water, and just as she's almost out of arm's reach, Leatherface erupts out of the pool like a porpoise, or Jaws coming out of the water at the end of four pictures. Or oh, okay. At the end of, and yeah. the four works too. At the end of four, when they oh, you know the they hit the probe and. <laughs> Yeah, or um, I, I you hadn't seen it, but um, Russ Tamblin is Sharky uh, in Cabin Boy. Okay, being able to just like pop out of the water, like it's just, it's something. It's something, and uh, just about. Uh, but then by this point, she's gotten to the, uh, she gets to the shotgun. And almost, she gets, like, two hits with the shotgun, a la Terminator 2. Yeah. And everything's about, like, Leatherface is about to kill her again. When Melody shows up, completely uh-huh. extricated from the car. Wait, how? Don't worry about it. We're not going to tell you either. And now we never got, do. No, she never, they never do. And she never seems to have, like, she has a bit of a limp. Yeah. And that's about it. Uh, and now she is armed with a chainsaw, and she uppercuts it. Yeah. It's, get it? Uppercut. See what they did there. <sighs> uh, but yeah, she swings hard, and uh, you get an overhead shot of the blade coming up. Not in 3D. It wanted, to be, three, three, it it wanted, wanted to be three. It wanted to be three. Hard, but yeah, his head rolls back. He falls into the pool. Blood coming up. Like is this the end of zombie Leatherface? Uh, but whew, thank goodness she popped in and saved her sister last minute. Except that Leatherface then pops right back up again and comes after her. But then popping into frame is her sister with the uh, with the assault rifle. And yeah. shooting Leatherface, like you, you did, you did this, like, yeah. a, like literally within the minute, you just did this. It was ridiculous. It was absurd. But so dawn breaks, and the two surviving sisters get into the supercar to drive away. They said it. They make jokes about living there. Yeah. Of course, they don't want to live there. But now they're going to head back to Austin and get their lives back together. Yeah, they set the car car on autopilot. And then, right as they're chuckling, Leatherface appears in the passenger side window and pulls Melody out, kicking and screaming. And this is when... Okay, the end of this movie is great. So, Melody gets dragged out of the car. Uh, Lila, having been in the driver's seat... Oh, after she picked up Sally's cowboy hat and Polaroid, because for some reason she wants to hold on to those. But, um, so Melody gets pulled out of the car. Uh, Lila pops out of the sunroof that they opened and is screaming as the car is driving away. Yeah. And we have the sassiest of sassy Leatherface holding Melody by the hair, uh, with one hand, chainsawing her head off with the other but completely dead-eye staring at Lila the entire time. Like, yeah. he's not looking at anything that he's doing. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see this? Like, I don't even care about the person you I'm killing, this? but you do. 
And Lila is literally in the car that is driving at on its own at like at maybe ten miles an hour. Yeah. If that. And she's like, No I mean, don't get me wrong, Melody was dead the minute she got pulled out of the car. There's right. nothing Lila would have been able to do. But it comes off really silly yeah. and funny and yeah. amazing. It's such an arbitrary piss in your face last kill. Yeah. But, I mean, like, last kill, whatever. It's not over. It's never over. Post-credit tag is Leatherface just walking up to the horribly overgrown original house from the mm-hmm. first movie um, to, guess, tease a sequel? I guess. Or something. Like, the Lila, like, screaming no. Oh, like, it, these sorts of moments, they've never done them better than in The Mummy Returns. When uh, so it's the big fight with uh, Imhotep and Rick O'Connell are fighting each other and then trying to kill the Scorpion King mm-hmm. at the same time, and then uh, Imhotep almost kills the Scorpion King and gets the army, but then Rick manages to snag the spear at the last second and then actually kill the Scorpion King himself. And right as he's like. Arr! It's like a good beat, and then Imhotep appears in frame and goes, No! Shit! Damn it! And it's one of my favorite moments in film history. Nice. But that's uh, that's Lila being slowly driven away by a car not under her control. Yeah. Like, it's not as if it's... Like, this is the stupid version of the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, where, yeah. like, Nancy's being driven away uh, against her will... While her mother is being killed. Yeah. It's it's And kinda, that's that's even factoring in how ridiculous that fake body looks it being looks, pulled through the door. It looks ridiculous, but it doesn't matter because the whole moment's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's still a hell of a good surprise. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, this is like, Oh shit. This uh, is a version of that. Yeah. I kinda liked this I still kinda but, like this movie. I think it is an incredibly stupid and poorly plotted, nonsensical movie with some fantastic set pieces yeah. and again beautiful to look at it's really like, good this is for all my complaining this is one of the, the most I've enjoyed one of these in a while yeah 3D is my favorite of the modern era stuff like yeah after 4 it's like the the remake the prequel to the remake are bummers 3D was 3D was a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but it's really stupid and weird yeah um, but then the prequel to 3D was just kind of like oh we're doing yeah. another one of these things but this was this was much more in the vein of like let's just do something crazy let's just do weird leather like Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff but weird goofy Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff yeah but like and the sequences were original it wasn't just rehashing a version of a thing that was in one of the other ones that broken bone stabbing thing that was that nuts. Was something else. Yeah. Mm. And the bus sequence is just... Mm, yeah. That's brutal. It's so good. Um, yeah, there's fun to be had, but God, turn your brain off. And it's on Netflix. Do not try it's, and it's, think about it. It's 83 minutes on Netflix. Well, what, do you, what do you got to lose? Other than minutes. 83 minutes of your yeah. life. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, to date the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this is where horror is. Yeah. Doing silly shit. 
and throwing it against the wall, making it look fun mm-hmm. and uh, gory as hell. It's like it's kind of like Malignant, where it's just like none of this makes any sense whatsoever. But hey, look at how cool this looks! Yeah, and and how fun it is. We're just we're just here to move some popcorn right now. Have yeah. fun. Don't yeah. think about it. Like the world is horrible enough already. Let's just have silliness. I'm on board with this. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, but now, uh, luckily, or coincidentally, or serendipitously, now that we're out of Texas Chainsaw Massacres, we've got a couple more Amityvilles have popped yeah. up in availability. Well, well, we took about, you know, two, three months off yeah. from Amityvilles to do all the Texas Chainsaw movies, so of course three more have come out. Three. 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 Okay, one of them had come out before, but we couldn't track it down. But no, it actually did to get delayed. Oh, oh, okay. That's so the thing. That it was a lot. Oh, it we was thought it was a lost before. episode, but oh. it turns out that they just they didn't update their ship date on a lot of sites, mm-hmm. and like they were delaying it, but not announcing it to like Amazon, IMDb, and all that. So it kept flagging with the old release date, but no, they hadn't put it out until just very recently. So three. Yeah, Amityville three. Hex, uh, Amityville in Space, and Amityville Karen are Amityville all out now. Karen. Maybe another one will come out in the next month. But we're going to uh, knock those out. And then we're going to tell you what we're doing next when we finish this. Yeah, because we've got... Uh, we've got ideas. Yeah, we definitely are not at a loss for additional franchises, mm. but uh, we're just trying to pick which one we feel like next. Exactly. We'll figure it out when we get there. We still have it. There's all, we have to go back to Amityville first. Yeah. It's about your kids, Patrick. Something's got to be done about your kids. What are they, turning Amityville or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> Until next time, I am Pat. I'm Tom. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've been... Okay. Behind the scenes thing, I've been listening to old episodes, c- compiling information for future stuff, and so, yeah. Usually you say you're Pat first. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're off book. Oh, God. Get out. <laughs> If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 